Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live from uh, cool, brisk, breezy Southern California as we are awaiting. We're awaiting the first playoff game in the history of SoFi Stadium. That should be a fun one, right? Little Monday Night Football, little Manning cast. We'll get to that game upcoming. In the meantime, welcome in. It is a national holiday today. No, not the national holiday, you think, Martin Luther King Day, where, of course, we celebrate um, arguably or maybe inarguably the greatest civil rights leader in the history of our country, in the civil rights movement. No, no, no. Yes, there's that holiday. That, that's a big one. <laughs> but it's also the holiday with the, the Dallas Cowboys lost at home. And the implosion is amazing. And they lost the most Dallas Cowboy way possible, right? Oh, Oh, listen, there are there, there's two different types of people in this world, okay, in many aspects, right? Many aspects. You know, you, you think of it. No, I'm not talking about Ford and Chevy. I mean, you're a Ford guy or a Chevy guy or a Democrat or Republican, left or right. No, 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 no. I'm talking about there are two types of people in this world. You're either type one and you... Uh, you love the Dallas Cowboys or you're type two and you love to see the Dallas Cowboys lose. Obviously, it sure feels like there's a bigger, more pronounced number of type twos in this world than there are type ones. But uh, what an amazing show we have for you. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the Bills and their uh, uh, and their lifetime, seemingly 17 years of ineptitude. Right, they they finally got a chance to kick the hell out of the Patriots. And by the way, the Patriots couldn't be any happier that the Cowboys lost because, as much as the Cowboys lost, at least it was a close game. Patriots were completely lambasted two nights ago in uh, in upstate New York and Western New York. But what happened yesterday was beautiful. It was magnificent. And I'm not even gloating because I gave you five picks in one game that had two picks, Bengals in the under, and I end up hitting five and one. No, no, no. That's not even the beginning. It's the beauty to the Cowboys. And and I'm not necessarily hater nation. Like, I don't hate. I'm actually not really part of that group, although I'm quickly becoming part of the, the second group that loves to see the Cowboys lose group. We do have this thing where... Every year we think this is the year for the Cowboys. Every year this is the year for Duke. Every year this is the year for Notre Dame. Every year this is the year for the Yankees. Every year. And it feels like every year that same group gets let down. Right? Every year. That's what happens. That's how it happens. That's how it feels. This one was new and different and a completely different way to lose. Against a historic rival, although not a lot of recent rivalry between the Niners and the Cowboys. Um, You had the weirdness with Tony Romo calling a game for a guy who replaced Tony Romo. And the guy who replaced Tony Romo, who I've never thought was actually better than Tony Romo, 
clearly wasn't playing as well as Tony Romo used to play. And Tony's got to try to find a way to do his job and not completely undermine that of Dak Prescott, who didn't play well. You have the Cowboys. We're told they have all this offensive weaponry yet against the San Francisco 49ers. They didn't move the ball particularly well. Whatever limitations you have on Jimmy Garoppolo, it was effective enough. Of course, he did have his one Jimmy Garoppolo interception because Jimmy G going to Jimmy G anytime Jimmy G gets a chance to Jimmy G. But uh, more than anything, the, the way in which the game ended was perfect. Was perfect. Because, because if you watched the Cowboys, if you truly paid attention, I like Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, of course, was an awesome quarterback at Boise State. And the creativity of not just the hook and ladder, but they kind of had the hook and, and lateral or backwards pass earlier in the game. There's the cuteness of the Boise State creativity at the end of a game that does come in handy. And yet they kind of outcuted themselves. There's the Mike McCarthy. I know he doesn't call the plays. I don't know actually what he does, but I do know that Mike McCarthy has a tendency, nah, not a tendency, a propensity to constantly mismanage the one thing he's in charge of, the clock. That's the thing he's in charge of. And guess what the Cowboys did at the end of the game? They got too cute, and they screwed up the clock, and they went home with an L against a, a talented, but let's be honest, fairly flawed San Francisco 49er team. Right? That's the story. Not the, not the crying of the fans. There was a lot of tears from Cowboy fans. By the way, what, what, is, the, what is the deal with running into the Cowboys game? Is there something? Do, they, do you not have a ticket? I know they have SRO tickets at standing room only. But I, what was the deal? They opened the gates and people ran in two hours before the game. Like, the game doesn't start. There's, was there a pregame concert I wasn't aware of? Was there a pregame giveaway? Was there something I was missing? Well, I tell you, the kids these days with the memes, my son said, hey, Dad, did you know that, that the star on the side of the helmet's not their logo? It's actually their rating. I was like, that's pretty solid. One star rating. Here's Dak Prescott on the final. Yeah, it was good. He's got some other ones, too, all, all via the Internet. Um, here's Dak Prescott on the final play. We're looking at it now. I could say, yeah, I could have went down five yards earlier, but um, thought I'd got us in position and thought I had time left to, to clock the ball, as I said, and something that we've practiced over and over and was going to be able to get into um, a last play scenario. Okay, wait, so you've practiced over and over again. Explain why you didn't pick up the football and hand it to the official. And look, I'm not going to dispute the fact that the official is like 40 yards back huffing and puffing, and he was a little bit late. But it wasn't like everyone seen to Larry Fitzgerald grab the football, hand it to the official. Once it's out of his hands, you can all get lined up and wait for the ball to go down. And then you put your hand on the ball, you snap it, and you spike it, or you snap it, and you throw it deep. You can even fake spike it. Dak Prescott asked about the fans booing and throwing things on the field. Dak, what do you think about the fans no, I didn't see that. 
It's sad. I mean, you're talking about a team, you're talking about men that come out each and every day of their lives and uh, give everything to the sport, um, give everything to this game of football. Um, nobody wants to succeed more than we want to succeed. I understand fans and, and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. But to know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose. And um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter, be with us through thick and thin, that's tough. Credit to them then. Oh, credit. Credit to them. Look, I think there's tongue planted firmly in cheek. Obviously, 14 penalties. Here's Jerry Jones with reporters after the game talking about Mike McCarthy. Is there any possibility of you making a coaching change? I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time. No discussion about what are you anything. Coming out, coming out down 13 nothing. did this team look unprepared tonight? Again, I'm not going to discuss uh, coaching, the preparation, any of those things. That's not, uh, that's not on the table. Uh, the game speaks for itself. Here's Mike McCarthy talking about his future. Mike, there were a couple of questions asked to Jerry Jones, both directly about your future as well as about overall coaching preparedness in this football game. To each of those questions, he basically said, I don't even want to go there. Do you have any concerns about your future? I don't have any concerns. I'm proud to be standing here today. Proud of my football team. Um, kind of an innocuous answer or whatever. Do I think Mike McCarthy should be the coach of the Cowboys? No. I thought you could have fired him several times this year when he mismanaged the one thing that he's in charge of managing. The most penalized team in the league. That's not all on Mike McCarthy, but some of it is. I mean, like, look, we all, for a long time, we used to say, like, Tom Coughlin is this top disciplinarian, and the Giants led the league in, in, in penalties. But when you lead the league in penalties, when you look unprepared for the big moment, and when it's not a shocker to anybody who's paying attention that they mismanaged the clock, you know, even Dak at the we were prepared. We did it a bunch of times. Sure, I could have gone down, but I thought we could have clocked it. Like, look, if you prepared for it, that's not the way you executed or you prepared wrong. I've never thought that Dak is an elite level quarterback. Never thought that Mike McCarthy's an elite level coach and always thought that Kellen, Kellen Moore, as creative as he is, as talented as he was as a player and as much insight as he has as an offensive coordinator, the expression that always comes up when you talk to people, when you watch them, when they get around the goal line, or they get kind of in a place, is they get a little too cute. Get a little too cute. And when you run that play, right, when you run a and, – and I get the idea of a quarterback draw. Totally understand it. The idea of a quarterback draw is like, well, we actually don't have to complete the pass. And what we can do is we can run it, and then our best player, our quarterback, has the ball in his hands, and then he hands it to the ref, and then we're already in position. But it should be pointed out that we watched a scenario last week okay, of the Chargers taking on the Raiders. And, look, I understand that the Chargers have their own issues in terms of when do you go for, on fourth down and when do you not. But there's a reason they threw the ball on every play in the comeback in the fourth quarter. They have Austin Eckler. It's not like they can't run it. And they threw the ball deep down the field because it uses up less time. You know? It uses up less time. It's pretty simple. But when all of these things culminate together, if you, if you, if you couldn't see that coming, you haven't watched football, you haven't talked to anybody. 
beautiful. I'm not even a cowboy hater, but God, that was fun to watch them first get behind, get to panic, come back, make it a game, frankly survive, you know, a, a false start and miss, you know, Debo Samuel missed the first down by a, a half foot or whatever. Like they were very fortunate even to get the football back and then to shoot themselves in the foot and not have a chance at throwing the ball into the end zone is losing in the most foreseeable way possible because of time management being too cute. And Dak Prescott, well, I could have gone down earlier. Why didn't you? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, what a fun weekend we had, huh? I, I enjoyed it. Did you guys enjoy it? It was pretty awesome. Uh, Jason Stewart, um, you I, I didn't want to jinx it, right? But you're sending me when the Bengals and the under hit, we felt like we were in a pretty good spot, right? It felt like it was going to be a good weekend. Is that, is, that, is that how you felt? Great start. You gave, uh, you gave five picks and a bonus. So yes. you were off to a 2-0 start by hitting that one. And then the night game hit. So 3-0 going into Sunday was a good way to go. Well, let, let's get to that night game, which will forever be known, I think, as the um, – um, I'm trying to think what, what would be the way in which the FCC would accept, right? There's a way – there's always a way in which – this is the thing. I, 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 I like Howard Stern. I've listened to Howard Stern. I always thought that the creativity of being able to say what you want to say within FCC regulations was kind of the genius to it back when he was on terrestrial radio. When he moved to satellite, now it's just like kind of a free-for-all – and it, it feels more sophomoric, even though it was it's really the same same show. Am I, am I making sense there, right? It's like the, can you say everything you want to say without cursing? So uh, towards the end of the game, there was an object thrown on the field that we all chuckle about. It's not the first time it's happened in Buffalo, but it did happen in national TV and a playoff game where forever will probably be known as that sort of game. But look, this, this is what happens when you dominate another team for 20 years. Gets built up, built up, built up, built up. And the, the, the way the first meeting of these two teams went down when it was in a torrential windstorm. Is there such thing as torrential windstorm? Usually we say torrential rainstorm, but it was. It was like gale, no, gale force winds. That's what we always say, right? Gale force does anybody know what the cutoff is for Gale Flag? What is the miles per hour that establishes it as, as Gale Force winds? Like, I know what a hurricane, hurricane wind started at certain miles per hour. What is Gale Force? Hit me up at Gottlieb Show. I don't know. Me neither. The Patriots got their asses handed to them. And... Much like people like watching the Dallas Cowboys lose, a great number of people like watching Bill Belichick get it handed to him. Here's Josh Allen. We're able to hand it to Motor, and he's making guys miss and dragging guys and getting seven, eight yards on first down, just the efficiency that it brings you. We have this concept that we like to call playing in the green and skipping some third downs, and you're able to hand the ball off, skip third downs, and you're typically going to have success. Uh, that was probably the, the, the biggest thing, right, is that here you had 
a team that struggled to run the football all year is able to run the football and an offense which was um uh which was was clearly uh clearly and totally and completely befuddled by by the Bills defense. And they could do Mac Jones looked like a rookie quarterback starting in the playoffs on the road. Now, does that mean to me that you get rid of Mac Jones? No. No, doesn't mean you get rid of Mac Jones. Um, it just, uh, it just to me says that Mac Jones is a rookie. That's what most rookies look like. He didn't play well. They didn't play well. And look, the Bills are better than the, there's a reason the Bills were picked to win the Super Bowl by many many a smart NFL analyst like dudes way smarter than me know way more football about me than me go back and look at a lot of them like you know what I like I like the Bills and of course it sets up a matchup with a team that's been the best team in the AFC for the last three years who did their own ass kicking of the Steelers going back to last night okay and the Bills are really built to beat the Chiefs more than they are to beat say the Titans so we'll get to that game upcoming but man, that was a whooping. And even the most ardent Patriot supporter, even the most crazy Patriot fan who is in denial of any sort of negativity over the past 20 years, Spygate was BS, Deflategate was worse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was when you're like, man, this is what it feels like to be the other side. This is what it feels like to be the other side. It feels like I'm on the, you know, and everyone catches one now and again, right? Everyone catches a whooping. And look, to people who are like, well, you know, Brady, and it's a completely different football team. Would they have been better if they had Tom Brady quarterback? Yeah. But I don't think people actually accurately remember that two years ago when they're in the playoffs, they didn't have skill position guys then. Their defense was aging and they tried to just run the football and they got beaten by a Tennessee team at home. Like that wasn't a great Patriot team last year between the opt outs and the salary cap issues. And this year they went all in in order to rebuild that defense. And for the most part, it worked. It got them back to the playoffs. Of course, I think Mac Jones has a lower ceiling than other guys. And I wonder, do you bring Jimmy G back? How do you handle it? But this idea that that the the Patriots have to completely start all over is laughable. That's what they did this offseason, and it ended up in the playoffs. And teams don't go from starting over to reaching a Super Bowl. That just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't. And no, Mac Jones is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not. But you know who wasn't available at the 15th pick in the first round of the draft? Pat Mahomes. Right? It's like we, we want to make this this whole thing out to be like, well, he didn't like, uh, OK, Brady wasn't coming back. He was done. He wanted to try something else. That's we're like a year and a half removed from that decision. So when you don't have a quarterback, what were your options? What have been your options? Bro, last year with eight opt outs, with a litany of injuries, with a quarterback who couldn't throw a football, who's not who's, you know, who's a backup to a backup in Carolina now, they still won seven games. They still won seven games. 
So I, I'm not the, I, I don't think you, you absolutely hit refresh. I think you figured out that's big boy football. And remember, I said this last week, and I don't know if you're going to hear this everywhere else. This is what happens when teams that aren't really the seven or eight best, you know, the seven best other teams, that's what really, really happens. What seven best in each conference, right? That's what happens when two or so sneak in that aren't really good play, aren't really playoff teams. Ask anybody that matters. I, you don't have, if you say, hey, Gottlieb, you don't matter. That's fine. I'm okay with that. You can think I don't know anything that I'm talking about. It's fine. Ask people that matter and they'll tell you the Chargers not being in the playoffs is embarrassing to the Chargers. You can't throw out a team that has Joey Bosa, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, a pretty good, a much better offensive line. Like they have Derwin James. They're not in the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns and the LA Chargers are two of the most talented teams in football, and the Ravens are not far behind. Right? Those are three of the elite in terms of if you just line up, the Ravens had 17 guys got, go on IR. I think the Browns are just a couple light of it. Plus, uh, Baker sucked and he was hurt. And the Chargers found a way to charge her and lose their next to last game to the Houston Texans. So we can sit there and go like, well, the Patriots, of course the Patriots weren't that good. We know this. We're aware. They weren't one of the seven best teams in the AFC. Neither were the Raiders. And when you get bumped up to that next level, you get exposed as such. I can't wait for Bill's Chiefs, though. That's going to be fun. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Hushmanzada joins us, co-host of Up On Game. Great show you can hear Saturdays on Fox Sports Radio, noon to 3 Eastern time. Uh, T.J., there's two types of people in this world, people that love the Cowboys and people that love when the Cowboys lose, especially in the playoffs. Which are you? Man, I'm 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 either one. I, I I'll be honest. I, I thought the Cowboys would win a game. I didn't think they would allow the 49ers to come in there and run the ball on them the way they did that effectively. It just it shocked me. And then this Cowboys offensive line, who everyone is on when they're healthy, they're really good. They got manhandled. And Bosa was out of the game. Early. They got manhandled. And so I'm neither. But I was surprised that they didn't win this game yesterday. Um, okay. Um, why was Dak ineffective for much of the game? He didn't have the protection. They could not run the ball for, for whatever reason. That, that San Francisco 49er defensive line, they won that game. They won the game up front on both sides of the ball. But Dak had pressure. And when there wasn't pressure, he sensed it was pressure because of the pressure that he had had all game. He, he started playing better towards the end of the game. It was just so shocking. And when you give somebody the contract that Dak Prescott has, you expect so much more out of him. And that, that's the problem is when you get what you get contractually, you got to perform better. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, um, the last play of the game. Uh, I've seen all the breakdowns, but... Look, you played the position out at wide receiver. It wasn't like those guys were running up and lining up and pointing to make sure. There was it, – it really did feel like um, – it, it really did feel like there was a lack of urgency there. But take me through. Who do you blame for the Cowboys not getting the playoff? 
uh, Doug, if I was a player, I would be pissed. Highest level of festivity. I, oh my, God. Doug, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'd be pissed off. That that's first and foremost. If I was a player, when I saw the replay, the official was like twenty five yards away. He was twenty five yards away. You know the situation. As soon as you he was see wa- he the, was watching. He was like a fan. He was watching. As soon as you see that, you have to start running up. Like you, you see what they're doing. Okay, you you gotta be in position to give them one more play. The odds of them scoring are probably slim, but you have to be in position, knowing what's on the line in this game. But we were always taught we practice this in any type of two minute situation. Find the nearest official and give him the ball. But because of the rules and getting the refs out of the uh, harm's way, now he's behind the play. When I was playing, he was right in the center, in the middle of the play. So you get up, bam, he's right there. Now he's behind. It's just different. And so in practice, I don't know what the coaches are going over, but I'm sure every coach find the official because we were told that we practice two minutes every single Friday. Look, I know he wasn't there. I understand he wasn't there. But they didn't. Dak left the ball, and he got the ball to the center. Why didn't he find the official? Because normally, if you get it to the center, that ref is going to be where the center is. He was so far back, and then he realizes it. The ref's like, oh, my God, I'm messing up. He's such in a panic. He running Dak Prescott over because he's panicked. Because he knows the situation. It's like, oh, I'm out of position. Oh, let's see if we can get this off. It's just one of those things where moving forward, it will be a point of emphasis. But it should have been a point of emphasis. They had time prior to that to discuss, okay, this is the play we're going to call. Make sure you get the ball to the official. That's what should have been said in the headset when you know, okay, the ball's in our quarterback's hand. Dak, you get down, get the ball to the official. Simple. Would you fire McCarthy? Man, I was going to tweet this last night, Doug. I would seriously consider it, dude, to be honest with you, because the Cowboys had a really good team. And let's just be honest, next year I'll go out on a limb and say they're not going to force that many turnovers defensively. And so they had the type of season where things just kind of worked out for them. And to lose at home – when you were the favorite, I got to consider that, especially Kellen Moore looks like he's a hot commodity. Do you want to lose him? I'm considering it. If I'm in charge of the Cowboys, I, I, I really consider it. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, look, um, you, get, you get beaten down by a team for 20 years, and when you're the better team, you rub their nose in a little bit. That, that's what happened with the Bills. But I would also contend that one of the reasons we had some of the mismatches we had is not actually because the Pats or the Eagles. It was more because of, like, look, the, the Browns and the Chargers and the Ravens, three teams way more talent, way more talent. Browns were in the playoffs last year. Ravens have a, a former MVP at quarterback, and the Chargers have potentially a future MVP at quarterback. And then in the NFC... Um, I think the Saints losing Jameis ch- changed that, right? They never, they never had Michael Thomas, and they didn't have, have, have Jameis, and that completely derailed them. Um, and I, I, I could go back through and say, okay, the Saints should have been in the playoffs, 
I think Washington was a better team um, when they're healthy, but you lose Chase Young, you lose Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have no chance in Washington, right? And I could even make the case that Minnesota would have been close. That I, I don't think it's that those last teams in the playoffs or last two teams in the playoffs are uh, played that poorly. They're just not actually the playoff teams. The better playoff teams had a rash of injuries or really important injuries or some sort of dysfunction with catch, which kept them out. 100%. You specifically, let, let's talk AFC. You don't think had the Ravens or the Browns or the Chargers gotten into the playoffs, that would have been a more competitive game than what we what we saw last night? 100% it would have been a lot more competitive game. It would have been – it wouldn't have been the, a the Ravens. Digit. The Ravens beat the Chiefs. The Chargers split with the Chiefs and probably should have beaten them the second time, right? Uh, and I think the Browns lost to the Chiefs. Okay, but again, no, no question that those were three much more talented rosters than the one that Pittsburgh had, than the one that New England had. Do you 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 got to give Pittsburgh their credit though? Mike Tomlin held them together. Ben Roethlisberger, they made enough plays, and that defense uh, did the job for them. They they got in when nobody thought one they could or they should, but it showed last night they were just outmanned at every position. They, they they didn't have a chance. They could barely move the ball, and it felt like if their defense didn't play out of this world, they didn't have a chance. It looked like early on, like, oh, we might have somewhat of a game, especially when uh, T.J. Watt gets the fumble, returns it. You're like, oh, might have something. But this this season, I will say this, this playoff format, I love it, man. I love the fact that you get three games on a Sunday. You yep. watch football all day. That I do. I like that part of it. But I just love the format, giving teams another opportunity to play in the playoffs. Before instead of the top two seeds getting by, the top seed gets to buy. Everybody else is going to play. I, I like this format. I like the fact that we have a game today. You go to the NFC. I mean, it was what you said. The Saints in that defense, can you imagine how they would have been in the playoffs had they had competent quarterback play with that defense? No. And so injuries play a part in it. Quarterback play plays a huge part in it. There's always new playoff teams each year, and we're not even done with this year. Who's going to be those teams next year? And so that's why the NFL is the best game in the world because it's so much parity. You can be bad one year, and the next year you look at the Bengals two years ago, they're 2-14. and they're in the second round of the playoffs. They won their first playoff game in over 30 years. And so that's what makes the NFL the NFL. Matt and Stafford's never won a playoff game. They play today at SoFi against a team who beat them at SoFi. Granted, it was almost a season ago, right? And, of course, they paid back the favor and beat the Cardinals in Arizona. Now, J.J. Watt is back. He didn't play in the, in the last game. What do you think about this game heading into Monday Night Football? Matthew Stafford is going to have to show – Detroit wasn't the reason he was considered a good quarterback but couldn't win games. And the Rounds were my preseason pick to get to the Super Bowl. But Matthew Stafford, I'll be honest, is kind of making me a little nervous. It's kind of scaring me somewhat just because he, towards the end of the season, just the turnovers and just not understanding the magnitude of each game. I mean, they literally should be the number two seed. Now they're not. Just, just because you're up 17-0 against the Niners, and the Niners here, they are in the second round. You can make an argument. They shouldn't even be in the playoffs. You're down 17-0. 
to a team that's playing for a division title, even though they won it, they backed in. Stafford has to play. I like the Rams to win today. I really do. Other guys on that defense, they're going to try to neutralize Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Those guys are going to have to step up and put pressure on Kyler Murray because when they played in Arizona, Aaron Donald wrecked that game. I believe he had three sacks. Cliff Kingsbury, I believe, will try to single Aaron Donald out and make it a point of emphasis to take him away. Those other guys are going to have to step up. Matthew Stafford, do not force the ball. Do not turn the ball over. Let your playmakers make plays. TJ, you're the best. Uh, Love up on game. People can download that in podcast form as well. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the football. We'll talk soon, bro. Yes, sir, Doug. Take care, my man. Keep up the great work. That's uh, TJ Hushman's out of former Pro Bowl wide receiver. You can hear him Saturdays with LeVar Arrington, Plaxico Burst, the three guys who played it, talking about it right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Big deal, little deal, no deal. All right, big deal, little deal, or no deal that right now no NFL team with a vacancy has hired a head coach yet. A week into the offseason? I think that's no deal. Uh, one, it's a weekend. There's not a rush. Two, a lot of these candidates are still coaching teams, and maybe they are going to get a job or going to get a diff- another interview, but they... You know they're they're not there yet, um, so I, I mean like like look Byron Leftwich, uh, D'Amico Ryan's is the defensive coordinator for for the Niners. Like you got guys, um, Eric Bieniemy. They're they're still coaching, and so whether or not they do an interview in terms of following up and face to face and really diving in, I, I think that'll happen as some of these guys eliminated from the playoffs. And as the process unfolds, um, th- th- that's my th- that's my sense. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that there were a ton of 49er fans at yesterday's game in Dallas. That feels like a big deal. When did did I miss the Niners becoming like America's team part two? I think it's a <laughs> cool thing that we have now in the NFL where fans are either traveling or or showing up in in stadium. But it's a very college like yeah, like thing that's happened. I have I have a theory as well. Go. My theory is that uh, the the guys and girls who have expendable incomes now, like at this this point in their age, probably saw the 49ers win a bunch in the eighties. Yeah. And so now maybe there's a little bit more of the 49er fan base because they became 49er fans when Joe Montana and Jerry Rice were uh, ripping up the NFL. I, I'm i going to agree and disagree. Okay, I agree with you that that's, that's why there's so many Steeler fans. It's not because everybody's from Western Pennsylvania. It's because they've been good pretty much every decade, right? And when you're good and you kind of got cool, iconic helmets and – it's a nas- it's a it's a national sport. You just like I like the Steelers. Why do you like the Steelers? I don't know. I just like the Steelers. Why, like, they win. <laughs> it's very easy. There's not not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, Jaguar fans out there or even Bills fans out there because the Bills were so bad for so long. Even if you go back to the K Gun Bills that that went to three straight Super Bowls, 
Um, but I think that's too far back. It doesn't feel like the fan base that you're talking about with expendable income are the people that are traveling to these games. It's a younger, it's, it's early 30s to maybe 50 max. And I think most of those people, it's the, you know, the most recent Super Bowl run. And you go back to Steve Young. I, I don't know if it goes back to, I could be wrong. I, I don't know if it goes back that far would be my thing. The uh, my, it would be around my age, which uh, you know I think mid forties in in that run, and maybe even uh, carrying over into the nineties with that Steve Young era. I think that has a little something to do with it. By the way, it is not a surprise that AT and T uh, Stadium had a bunch of opposing fans in. For some reason, for as big as the Cowboys fan base is, that happens more often than you'd think. All right, Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal that an inadvertent whistle blew on the play where Joe Burrow threw a TD pass to Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati on Saturday. I feel like it's a little deal. I, I didn't see guys completely let up. Ball was already in the air, but it, it is a deal now, like blowing the whistle. Because in football, what, what are you taught when you play football? Play to the whistle. Correct. You hear the whistle, I'm supposed to stop playing. I don't think it affected that particular matchup, but I don't know that for a fact, and so I do think it's a little deal. And finally, Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal that LeBron James apologized to Laker Nation on Twitter, adding, quote, I promise we'll be better, end quote. Um, I think it's a big deal, but I don't think it's a big deal because of LeBron. I think it's a bigger deal because of Russell Westbrook, who kind of clapped back at Magic Johnson on Twitter. Um, Russell being Russell completely not self-aware and the greatest Laker of all time speaks. You just go, Hey, we'll you do what LeBron did. We'll be better. And he did not. So it's a little deal for LeBron. It's a big deal in general. We'll get to that upco- uh, upcoming. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb show. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, speaking of magic Johnson, something amazing happened on Twitter. I'm going to share it with you next. Okay, believe it or not, Magic Johnson had a good tweet. Now it happened. I'll share with you next the Doug Gottlieb Show.